Hi, I'm Peter Bogosian, and I took the. <laughs> Let me try that again. Hi, I'm Peter Bogosian, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from such a small studio, you have to step outside to change your mind. This is Left in the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I've always wondered if fuzzy logic tickles your mind. <clears throat> Joining me as usual is a team that will make you wonder if you should trust a stockbroker married to a travel agent. <laughs> she had to stop driving her car because the tires got dizzy, Nancy. The tires got what? Got dizzy. Dizzy. Oh, absolutely. That's me, 100%. You finally nailed it. What did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> and he wonders if you can buy an entire chess set in a pawn shop. Scott. Yeah. You're not awake yet, are you? No, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> I need more coffee. <laughs> and for her mother's 50th birthday, she sent her a singing mammogram. <laughs> yes, when I was less than 10 years old. That's right. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, early show today. Good morning. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee. Yes, it shows. <laughs> oh, good morning. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking to Dan Barker, finally. We finally got a hold of Dan Barker. He's a great man, and it'll be a great interview. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Did you guys, uh, well, first of all, uh, Christina and I are doing a bit of a report here. We went to see God Awful Movie <laughs> in Seattle. It was amazing. Last weekend. Yes, it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Do you want to take it over or go ahead? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, first off, you guys have to go listen to it. Yes. God Awful Movies mm-hmm. on Spreaker. Or no, no, fuck. Excuse my language. <laughs> Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> or iTunes. Give that girl more coffee. Yes. <laughs> the language of Christina is not necessarily those. I let them I apologize. <laughs> Send your complaints. Now I gotta, to I gotta put this floor. PG thirteen now. <laughs> uh, I'm never allowed back. <laughs> yeah. We had a blast with the guys from God Awful Movies. Uh, they were nothing but uh, gracious to us. Uh, when I first walk in, and we, they were on the second floor of a bowling alley uh, where they were doing a little dinner. A mean greet, and I walked in. Eli right away saw my T-shirt, and he says, Kevin, and he comes almost running to me. And that's when I challenged him to a sword fight. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> and proceeded to stab him with a, sto- with a sword. With a foam sword, which, of course, <laughs> Eli used it as a uh, piece for representing his genitalia. Yes. His Schwartz oh, was brother. as long as mine. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all photographed. <laughs> it was all photographed, exactly. And we made some really good friends. The people were absolutely great. And uh, after that, we they did the uh, live recording of the episode. Uh, they were watching a movie about an Indian, uh, a guy the, who brought Christianity yes. to India. I forget the, the title of the yeah. movie. Um, something to the Sky. Yeah, something like that. Some sort journey, of awful, journey awful. to the sky. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Yeah. Some awful Christian movie, either way. Uh, and uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much. Did they have a pretty big audience, live audience? Absolutely. They did. Absolutely. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, people were all. It was. It was 
like a stand-up comedy show. It was just absolutely funny. And oh. it was ad-lib the whole time. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, they take a break. And Eli decides to go and have a couple of brownies. Oh. Somebody oh, made brownies for him. Uh-huh. But what, what he doesn't say is... Some of the brownies, of course, were infused, if I can say that, with some marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and Eli comes back, and he basically kind of had a panic attack on stage because he didn't know. He scarfed them down. He had he, he had quite a few. Yes, and he didn't realize that, that some of them were pop brownies. And he wasn't sure. If he had eaten yes. lots of pop brownies. And he says, oh my God, oh my God. He's going on stage, he's running back and forth, and it's all part oh of the show. And it, it was absolutely oh. hilarious to have him have... Uh, a, a bit of a panic attack on stage, yet in, integrated into the show. It was absolutely marvelous. We had a great time, and uh, we made friends. And they eventually so agreed to come on the show one of these days. So. Oh, that's so great that they they were close enough for you to be able to go. That was that was wonderful because I know you've been fans of oh yeah, of, of his for a long time. Absolutely, I was I was uh, I, I I knew what Eli looked like. I sort of knew what Noah looked like, but Heath, I had no <laughs> idea Heath looked like that. His voice to me, in my mind, did not match at all what I, the picture of. Mm-hmm. And Heath is a tall guy. He's a big, tall guy, and it's like and well. very, very well dressed. Yes, very and well dressed. He's he's a great guy. He sat with me for a part of the evening there. We were talking about back and forth about stuff. Just fantastic guy, fantastic. So we had a blast. We absolutely had a blast. Mm-hmm. It was totally worth it. Anybody out there that sees the God Awful Movie Crew come by to do a show, you absolutely need to do it. It's absolutely worth the price. Definitely. Yeah, and um, anybody interested, look back in the archives and replay the yes. interviews that we've had with Eli. Yeah, we and, had Eli and the crew. twice. Twice, yeah. Well, uh, I don't think I don't think we've had with... the whole like the whole gamcast. No, we yet. haven't had the whole gamcast, but we will. Yes, we will. So we will force them to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of owe us now. <laughs> I gave them gifts. Yes, <laughs> you have brought a whole bunch of goodie bags, right? With with Canadian uh, but, stuff, but not not like plastic goodie bags. I bought them reusable grocery bags from yes. Superstore. <laughs> she had like maple wow. syrup lollipops in it and stuff like that. And you know, <laughs> I even bought, bought a t-shirt but for Eli that said "Sorry" with a maple leaf for the deal and so. I, I didn't even just get them just maple syrup lollipop or um. Uh, uh, Candy. Candy, thank you. <laughs> I got them real maple syrup. Yeah. In exactly. maple leaf containers. She just went like completely over. <laughs> yeah. Did so, everything but make them honorary Canadian citizens. Yeah. That was well, like you know, if they fantastic. Show up, if they show up to the border with the uh, with the, the maple the maple leaf yeah. uh, syrup containers, it's that be- pretty better much than a passport. <laughs> yeah. Only thing better would be if you gave the passport um officer a Tim Hortons gift card. Yeah. <laughs> we were total Canadian ambassadors there. Very nice. So we had a great time with that. Okay, moving on. Did you guys hear that the UK had its first gay uh, Muslim marriage? Really? Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. A gay Muslim marriage. The yes. cognitive dissonance does, is strong with this how one. Does, <laughs> how does that work? Well, two Muslim men got married. That's it. Uh, one of them, his name is Jared. I'm going to massacre this. Guduri and Sean Rogan. Uh, sadly, his uh, Jahad's family didn't attend because uh, they believe that he's sick, because you know they're a mm-hmm. strong Muslim family. Uh, so, but you know, uh, and, it's and the two barriers. of them are still they're practicing Muslims. Yes. What brave guys! Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, absolutely. I was going to say very brave because I'm surprised they don't have 
death threats on them. And they probably well, do. If, if, yeah. if, if they were in Pakistan, they'd probably be dead by oh, now. Oh, not well, probably. Yeah. They yeah. would. Uh, did you guys hear that? You know, Facebook did a pride emoji. It was yes. a little rainbow. You guys oh. heard about this? I used it way too much. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> on June 24th, uh, there was a guy by the name of Hickman Hanna. He posted an image requesting that Facebook does a Christian emoji. A little cross emoji, a little cross, a white cross, and a red circle. And it was shared by a fat man in a red hat, Joshua Frunstein. You know this guy? <laughs> Apparently this was shared 9,400 times, and there was uh, 28,000 reactions. And Facebook told him to go pound sand. Oh. They weren't going to do it. So, all right, Facebook. Yay. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear there's a new poll, a Pew Research, that says 58% of Republicans now believe colleges and universities impact the U.S. negatively. Wait, 15, what? 15, 1, 5, 15 no, no. percent. 5, 50, 58, 58. 58. Oh, 58 percent. Wow. The majority of Republicans now believe universities are bad. Universities I are wonder, bad. I wonder what the reasoning well, like that they, It falls in because the uneducated are much easier to control. Did, was so. this an evangelical group or groups that they that they pulled, or no, was this like random Republican? Republicans. Fifty-eight percent. It's an incredible, absolutely incredible. In twenty fifteen, fifty-four uh. percent said it was actually good, and this is like three years ago. Now, in the era of Trump, it's switched around completely. Now they're saying it's bad. Well, I, I have to question that in terms of. Who they, you know, what what the polling population was made of? Because I can't believe that professional Republicans who have college degrees and have, you know, responsible jobs and careers would say, yeah, college education is bad. Well, they might not be meaning like actual education itself is bad. They might be talking specifically about like. They think like colleges are creating really liberal people. That's that's quite a possibility with, like, because they a see, mind yeah. frame that they don't like. So yeah. that might be more what yeah, why they it, think it's a negative. Yeah, and, and well, I'm I'm going to question the because this is a skeptical show. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I have to not only question the the population and the results, but how the questions were worded. That is a ah. huge because that. Yeah. That's a huge amount. If it, if you had said fifteen percent, I would have bought into it and not even questioned well, it's, it. Well, it's not. You got to remember. I say fifty-eight yeah. percent. It's not fifty-eight percent of the population. It's fifty. No, of Republicans. Republicans. No, I, right. I understand that. So um, interesting. So let's yeah. get rid of all the universities. <laughs> and you, you see, you see the we solve a bunch of problems, and we dumb down the population. Yeah, exactly. Um, or or if. Like you say, if the universities are, are creating a bad message, a bad uh, form, then we modify the universities with, uh, with our Republican religious right wing, let's have fun, and, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and we change what the universities actually represent. And then we, in, in the same token, we control their, their thoughts. I think the Republican Party could use you. Could you thought of moving south <laughs> in the border? I have good ideas. Maybe like or, after the show? Vote for Scott. Yeah, I have some vote good ideas Scott. there. Right? Yeah. His name is synonymous with progress. Well, I, I, am, or I, not I, progress. Just, I see what's happening, and it's, it's a real subversion, and they do it through, through their, uh, the religious freedoms that they have. Yeah. And they yeah. use those religious freedoms to subvert the... Look, the universities are just fine. They send a message of 
of and and I have seen the message changing over the years, but the, it always seems to swing back. Mm-hmm. Tries to swing back to the center. The message might change to be anti something, but then they try to swing it back and 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 keep the freedom of information flowing around university campuses. They want it to be a safe place for the exchange of ideas. You let these right these these wingdings get in there. Wingdings, that's a yeah, term. yeah. You let these wingdings get in there, and they will subvert the mm-hmm. universities and and stop that exchange of yeah. information. And, and I think one thing to keep in mind is when we are talking about people on like the the far right, there's also people on the far, the far left, left that want to bad, yeah. make conversation and discussion not acceptable. Right. Which yeah. both yeah. extremes are both not extremes okay. Both extremes are not okay. They're they're and and you want to be in that middle ground, mm-hmm. right? You always want to be in that middle mm-hmm. ground. Yeah. And that's what's happening is this fifty eight percent poll thing, you're gonna see some people try to change the universities and the colleges to try and take away that freedom. You guys smell that? It's me. No, no, no. The the the, the, the province is on fire. Oh my God! Did you guys find that out? <laughs> the whole province I've, is burning right now. I've seen the smoke. Oh my God! <laughs> it's it's going to a point now. What do they have? Like they have like over two hundred twenty five active fires right now. It's in, a lot. In, in yeah, it's so. a lot. It's a lot. And, and now they're actually saying because of climate change, it might actually become the norm now. Oh, it's seriously, it's, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. The uh, if you if you look on the news and. Uh, Facebook and so other if places. You're, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're an American awful. and you're planning to travel to BC for a vacation like that, you really, really know yeah. where you're going because a lot of damn province. A on lot fire. of BC is just unaccessible unaccess- right now. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Check, um, check the drive BC. Anyone traveling, check the mm-hmm. drive BC website. Make sure the highways are open. Make sure there's no calls or warnings. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. a fire like this kind of exposes a bit of a flaw in our in our province is the lack of access. I mean, often you only have one way in, yeah, or out of a, of a certain yeah. area, mm-hmm. and uh, you have only one highway. So yep. when, well, when you got fire on that yeah. highway, you kind of stuck there. Because a lot of like a lot of areas to get to the North BC, it's through mountains. So exactly. it does take a lot to build a highway. It does. It's not easy either. And of course, mm-hmm. the province doesn't want to spend the money on that. Yeah. Last but not least, you guys remember uh, was it a couple shows ago? Or was it the last show? Now, a couple shows ago, we talked about uh, Canada Day. Yeah. And I had all these funky little facts. <laughs> and the first fact I talked about was Canada printed a gold coin. Yeah. And that. Uh-huh. And it was a gold coin that was uh, actually 99.9% pure yeah. gold and weighed 220 20. pounds. It's the size of a tire. Of a car tire. What? Yeah. Now, what you guys don't know is there's actually six of them. Nice. And one of them was in Germany in a museum has just been stolen. Seriously? What? Yes. Who steals? Well, we were talking about that. It would be hard to steal it, and voila! It's a one million dollar coin, but now with the price of gold, they say it's worth about five million. Oh my god! The suspects thieves apparently used a wheelbarrow to move the coin <laughs> out of the uh. museum. Um, That's a heavy-duty wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so apparently, there's only one left in the country, and it's in a vault in Ottawa. So <laughs> in a vault. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it's very. Of course, the the uh, the German police are basically saying that uh, the odds are that the coin was just melted. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah, melted and down melted and into gold bars or whatever. So I'm sure that coin is probably gone. Where forever. are the other four? Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. You have to yeah, really yeah. do some you... deep research for that. <laughs> Way too deep research for you this You tell show. us about four more, and then you don't tell us where hey, they are. Hey, what, what is going on, Kevin? <laughs> you want and, to take on that research? And you specify they are not in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably touring museums all uh, over the place. Probably. 
All right, Nancy, you want to do a quack watch? Sure, why Let's not? Let's do a quack What watch. else have we got to do this morning? Quack watch. Okay, let's do it. Um, the interesting thing about quack watch is that most of the, the, the uh, conditions or diseases or things that have to do with quacks fall into two categories. The first one is when someone actually has a disease or a condition like cancer yeah. or MS, the, um, the, the, the frauds have to do with trying to cure that condition because traditional medicine has either gone so far or failed that individual. But there's a real condition that's, that's involved. Yeah. The second one is where there isn't a condition, but there are symptoms and the fraudsters make up the condition and then provide the cure. So you got those two. Today, th- I'm going to talk about one that sort of spans both of those. <laughs> it's sort of a hybrid quack fraud type of a thing. And I want to thank Facebook because <laughs> I get a lot of things from Facebook where people have been taken in or they think this is real and want to share it with their friends. And I'm tempted to jump in and say, no. But I think, no, no, let me, let's let this thing play out and see what happens. So what we're going to talk about today has a, has a really nasty name to it, but um, it's doing well in the fraud business, and it's called Leaky Gut Syndrome. Oh, I've heard of this. Have, have you heard of it? Yeah. yeah. That and sounds that, horrible. It, it does sound, <laughs> it is horrible, because it, it's supposed to be very scary, and it's supposed to scare you into finding an immediate cure. Leaky Gut Syndrome actually has its roots in some real conditions, but the way it's used is 100% scammy. So here's the hook. People start reading a magazine of one kind or another that has to do with health and wellness, and they come across an article that I'm going to quote from um, because the article is written like a first-person experience, but this is a paid ad from the get-go. This is an article that came from uh, a magazine called Healthy Woman, and it was written by a lady whose name, I, I swear she must have made this up, Samantha Parent Wallravens. But it's, it sounds like a wonderful name where, you, you know, take one from this column, take a second name from the. So anyway, Samantha Parent Wallravens wrote an article called 10 Signs You Have a Leaky Gut and How to Heal It. So, which is a great, I mean, that's, that's a great headline. You know, just, it's wonderful. That'll go very well with my anal seepage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she starts it out, and you, I'm doing yeah, this because ooh. you really have to be careful because people always like first-person experiences because they think, oh, if this, why, that happened to me too. So she what starts off saying, my body never completely bounced back after I had my first child 15 years ago. I've told myself that my symptoms were part of being a busy mom. Fatigue, digestive problems, joint pain, insomnia, low libido, even mild-grade depression. That, that is literally part of being yeah, a parent. <laughs> I, it, so so right, right away, you're set up thinking, 
oh, I'm a woman, I feel that, oh my God, what is it that I have? And so she says, many moms I know suffer the same ailments or worse. They'll subside at some point, I told myself. Well, the article goes on, and, and first of all, she kind of debunks or the article. I don't know whether this could have been a guy writing this. But first of all, the traditional medicine is debunked. Because she says, my health care provider tested me over the years for various medical conditions from anemia and thyroid disorders to mononucleosis and Lyme disease. Well, that, that, the, negative, the tests always came out negative. So the article sets up um, so that it's, she transitions from med, traditional medicine has failed me to what is leaky gut because it turns out that she was tested for food allergies and sensitivities, and the um, the uh, symptoms for leaky gut that she had almost all of, chronic diarrhea, nutritional deficiencies, pure immune, immune system, headaches, brain fog, memory loss, excessive fatigue, skin rashes, cravings for sugars or carbs, arthritis or joint pain, depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, and autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, celiac disease, or Crohn's. Well, she's had a really bad wow, day. Wow, she's had Those a bad day. Those she had most of of those, which, as we know, are vague feelings that can come and go. But all of this has been given the term leaky gut as a result of testing, which I'll get into. How how is ADHD and ADD? That that's so out of place. (laughs) That's that's the hook in that all of these articles start out with insomnia and these vague things, and then all of a sudden they bring in, and, you know, autism isn't on that list, but in many cases, you know, it it is. And that's the first red flag that says, wait a minute, you know, they're throwing everything in here because they want to say, yeah, even you can be healed by, you know, what we have to offer. They they just have to start, and they... Breathing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear a kitchen sink chained to your leg, but yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, it's there somewhere in the list, probably number oh, 15. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit, and I'm not going to get into this a whole lot about what leaky gut is because it gets into some, some pretty heavy, you know, med- medical terminology. But the, it is a gastrointestinal disorder that has been dubbed leaky gut syndrome. And some alternative medical practitioners claim that leaky gut syndrome is a prevalent problem responsible for ill health. Um, But most uh, physicians say that there's not enough research to prove that it's a legitimate um, uh, uh, issue. So this is is what it is. Um, It's sort of like a hint of what it is. Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. In some individuals, for a variety of reasons, the physical structure of the intestines is compromised. So they have tight junctions that control the kind of materials that the intestine absorbs. And these junctions don't work properly, which allow larger substances, still small, but comparatively large substances, to cross over into the bloodstream. And in medical terms, that's called intestinal permeability. That's a real condition Mm -hmm. that actually can happen. But 
it happens with people who have Crohn's disease, celiac okay. disease, people who are receiving chemotherapy, those who have some bowel-damaging substances such as aspirin and alcohol. So it's, it's a real thing, but it's not a condition. It's a symptom yeah. of ailments, not anything that is a causation factor. And it doesn't, even people who have it, it doesn't lead to anything any more than inflammation of the bowel walls, and it's not leaky gut syndrome. So the myth of this is that the proponents of leaky gut syndrome say that bacteria and toxins enter the bloodstream through these defective tight junctions and then wreak havoc through the body causing bloating, gas cramps, inflammatory bowel disease, fatigue, food sensitivities, joint pain, moodiness, irritability, sleeplessness, autism, and skin problems. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one so, one is not like the others. So yeah. in a kitchen sink, chain to your leg. Yeah. So now, now that you've scared everybody, you know, now here these guys come, and it's pretty much you know, akin to what we talked about before in terms of social anxiety mm -hmm. to scare you to death. And they'd say, ah, here's Paxil. Yeah, totally. So what these guys do is they scare you to death and say, aha, diet and supplements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> supplements so this, is an insanely profitable industry for people that like are good at peddling it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is a, this is a, a sales job. So there is not I have to report, there is not a single scientific study supporting the concept of leaky gut. It, it can fall under, well, it does fall under the category of alternative medicine, but it actually is crossing over from alternative medicine to outright fraud mm -hmm. because there are expensive treatments for the disorder that doesn't doesn't exist. So the first step in all of the, the, the fraud is the diagnostic testing. And there are actually home tests that people are, are buying from about $100 to $250. Wow. Or they're, they're sold by the practitioners. Of course. And you buy a pregnancy test, you get a leaky gut test of the same thing. <laughs> a leaky gut, yeah, you can do Why that. Why not? Right? Two for one. And anybody fall, you know, falling for these, uh, please, you know, warn people that they, that these should be used with extreme caution because the tests themselves um, actually test for um, actual uh, sugar and yeast in, in the urine, but the the results are manipulated by the the fraudulent. Um, uh, practitioners mm -hmm. to tell their patients what this shows is you've got leaky gut syndrome. Yeah. And when, when it really could be showing something else, it it's actually be, a serious and, and ailment. It, exactly. Wow. So hmm. the tests themselves are um, in the hands of people that don't understand how to use the tests, and then they're interpreted to weigh heavily on you need to change your diet and you need to buy these supplements right now. So the um, the leaky gut. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Pardon? But wait, there's more. There's, wait, yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a Dr. Axe that's on TV who uh, who. Dr. Axe. Dr. A X E. Dr. Axe. Surely you can't be serious. 
I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, well, I know, at least he's got three letters instead of Dr. Oz. Oz. <laughs> That's Oz, Dr. X. 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 I think, I can't, I, I didn't check whether Dr. Oz is one of those, but I'm sure oh, if there's oh, money there, in There's it. a lot of things. Um, I believe someone did a report, like, looking into all the things that Dr. Oz has specifically, like, had on his show, and a large portion of it has zero evidence behind oh, yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mostly, what the what the what the alternative and fraud guys are are doing is that they're they're saying that um, your leaky gut syndrome is due to gluten and lactose intake because you know anything having to do with with gluten and sugar is really mm-hmm. high right now people yep. are, are trying to find ways to to modify their diet so unfortunately the practitioners in 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 banning whole categories of of uh, food is more likely to lead to nutritional deficiencies than reduce the the symptoms. Although some people feel really good for quite a while, but that can mask any any mm-hmm. problems that are that are underneath. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, people um, who still feel that they have leaky gut, the unfortunate thing is that very often they don't go to the to the medical profession, to the regular doctors, to see what's underneath mm-hmm. the um, the um, uh, the diet fads and the supplements, so they end up taking the diets, starting with an elimination diet and getting further and further into these supplements um, and buying the um, uh, vitamins, pretty much like the o- the orthomolecular uh, 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 supplements and and um, vitamins that that are being sold so the the people who are trying to warn patients about this uh, all they say that the diagnosis and treatment for any chronic illness needs to be prompt and controlled and shouldn't be confused uh, with um, medically unrecognized alternatives so this is this is hot right now so anything that has leaky gut syndrome Avoid it as mm-hmm. <laughs> like the plague. <laughs> so, so I like to avoid leaky guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly, leaky guts. So it's um, in summary, it's easy to challenge uh, alternative medicine, but um, these are as I say, these go outside of alternative medicines, and they're they're actually you know actually fraudulent. Um, so the in summary, if I can find my summary <laughs> place here, is that anytime you, anyone has um, uh, symptoms that uh, go for a long period of time, do not find home tests and do not find alternative um, methods. Always see your physicians mm-hmm. first. Do some reading. Uh, discover what the source is. And if um, an alternative medic- medicine practitioner starts with, I can cure you with diets and supplements, there's no, generally no scientific reasoning be- behind uh, what, they're, what they're promoting. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nancy, for that 
Wonderful bit of information. I know we Mental all Valley. need to talk well, we leaky gut syndrome yeah. on early Saturday morning. <laughs> 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 Come to Lipton the Valley for all your medical news. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, do let's not take medical s- news from podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> let's do a little segment we haven't done in a little while. Let's do another brilliant moment. Brought to you by religion. You know, a lot of these stories are usually uh, American, but today we're going to step out of uh, North America and go s- abroad. Ooh, exciting. Did you guys hear that uh, there's an Egyptian cleric that says female genital mutilation is good for the economy? Are you serious? Oh, yeah, I'm always what? serious. Oh, my gosh. This is a Sheikh Ab al Wanab al Malaji. He's an Egyptian cleric. He appeared on the Al Sawa Wal Jamal TV channel. My God, that's a mouthful. Uh, and uh, uh, this past March, actually, and he argued that female genital mutilation was perfectly fine because it has an economic benefit to it. Quote, are there economic benefits to female circumcision? Yes. What are the economic benefits to female circumcision? Female circumcision is a preventative medical measure. Someone who is uncircumcised will be afflicted with many serious disease, which we can discuss later, a la willing. Someone who contracts one of these diseases must spend money and the state must spend money on this treatment, and so on. But well, we can save all this money and direct elsewhere if wow. you get it done. Do you want? Do you want else would solve we all need, your yeah, problems we, with medical issues? Just killing people, you know. Let's just kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would solve all our problems. You spend way less money I on those medical, medical bills. <laughs> I think we could turn that guy into a leaky gut syndrome practitioner. <laughs> <Wow>. Really? <laughs> uh, uh, well, this is okay. okay. Because look at the economic benefits, you know. From that. <laughs> hey, that's part of Allah's plan, man. Yeah. You got a plan, Allah. He's got a plan for you. All right, let's go now to India. Uh, did you know that the uh, Hindus are polluting their holy river? I heard about yeah. this. Yeah, the did Hindus, the, the, the Ganges River is uh, basically, uh, it's a god for them. It's mm-hmm. a goddess. Mother Ganja is what they call her. And uh, who uh, des- uh, designed, uh, deemed to make her way from the Milky Way to the valleys of India. That's what they believe, right? You'd think that keeping the river clean would be a mm-hmm. job, right? Uh, but no, the thing is, the, the Ganges is teeming with heavy metals, industrial waste, and is awash in human excrements and floating bodies. Oh, sounds floating lovely. Floating bodies? Yep. When they do a burial, they actually send yeah. the body downstream, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. And you, you, would, you would think that, you know, uh, the worshippers, uh, you would think that they, they, they keep her clean. But no, they, they're, they're just, uh, it's such a putrid stew that, uh, stew that uh, one of the levels of the fecal coliform bacteria is more than 200 times that of the acceptable limits. Oh my gosh. So you don't want to go bathing in the Ganges River. Do I'm um, just a quick question here. With their drinking water, does it come out of that river? A lot of times, yes. Oh, that's so unfortunate. But hopefully it's all filtered, right? <sighs> it's no. I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, they don't clean it because they believe the Ganges is indestructible. It's natural. They're, they're thinking that it's no, all... No, it's indestructible. It's, it's more god. natural. It's, it's supernatural. Okay. It's a god. Yeah. It's a god. So, of course, in India, when you're the, the Hindus, I mean, everything's a god. Your cupboard door over there is a god, right? Like, they, that's just strange. Yeah, they basically think that because the the uh, pollution and it's a god, the river is a god. Pollution has no impact on the divinity of the Mother Ganges. So, uh, although there are some prime ministers have uh, promised to clean up the river, they have yet to do so. So, yuck. That's so sad. That's so sad for. The people of India, because for them it is so important. It would be so much 
better if it was clean. If it was clean, well, <laughs> you, would, you would save a lot of right? medical issues downstream. Yeah. But if you downstream, circumcise them first. Well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you circumcise them first, maybe yeah. you'll save the whole, those medical issues. No well. medical, has there, no have medical there been, issues. Has there been anything published in terms of how many people who go into the Ganges come out with with different medical problems? Or is there an immunity that builds up because they're exposed to that so much that well, you know, I mean, now they, they don't get as sick as you and I would if we went in there tomorrow? I, I don't, I'm not sure you can build an immunity to fecal coliforms and heavy metals. but yeah. I mean, No, I just wonder whether... Yeah, I, I, I did not see anything like affected. that in the article. Hmm. Sticking to India, uh, did you guys hear that the Prime Minister Modi of India signed Ganesha's Law, which makes the act of laughing at yes. any Hindu deity an act of treason? This is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It's another reason to avoid India. Yeah. So, Lord Ganesha, as the head of an elephant and traditionally depicted riding a giant mouse, that, that can't be comfortable. What kind no. of a ride is that? That must be kind of bouncy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing comical about that. No, The stated lawmaker, Rajumar Kanard. Foreigners have been undermining traditional Indian culture for centuries, and we're putting a stop to that. Um, I can, I can make this even funnier. <laughs> mouse... When you're riding a, um, if you ever watch a mouse run, yes, they don't run like a horse. No, they bounce. That's true. <laughs> so just imagine this elephant riding this mouse bouncing along. <laughs> it's like a new form of rodeo. It's either a really big mouse or a really small elephant. It's a really big mouse. It's a really big mouse. Oh, uh, so are so, they all crazy over there? Yeah, well, they're, they're getting there, I think. So my 10-year-old child came home from school and told some joke about Lord Shiva being unable to get a second date because he's all hands. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh. That's and awesome. we're all going to jail. <laughs> this, 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 this is the quote from the guy, right? <laughs> um, stated a concerned parent. If we allow this to happen, then it's only a matter of time before he starts talking about hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to reality. Okay. <laughs> so police are on the lookout for anyone smiling or smirking near a temple. Holy oh, my place. oh my god, this is gonna be true. <laughs> Just um, as, a, as a short related short related item. I mean very short and not not related like a cousin. This is more related like like ancestors. But you know, there was a woman who was arrested for laughing at in in the U.S. because she laughed at Jeff Sessions. I heard and that. And so yeah. he had her. The judge yes. threw it out. So oh, it's okay good. to laugh at Jeff Sessions now. You know, if yeah. you can't laugh <laughs> if you can't laugh at a god in India, you can laugh at Jeff Sessions because the judge threw it out. Well, I'm gonna, they, I laugh at him all the time, but actually, I have diplomatic immunity. Yeah. They actually arrested someone yes. and charged them for laughing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a quick question. In India, and so you're at a temple and you're laughing. Could you say, "Oh, I was laughing at like a, another religion's god." I don't know. Would that be acceptable? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think in a Hindu temple that would be acceptable. It's a. It's oh, a question I... you have to ask. Uh, the what? What if, what if you're like I was talking to the deity and he said a joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a funny revelation. Well, that's right. Would you want me to not like yeah. have that? Correct response. That's this, right. So what if it I offend the god? Total laughing was just a, a, an expression of of respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you ever seen Ganesh blow his nose? It's, <laughs> it's hilarious as hell. Oh my god. That's right. <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> <laughs> Makes that trumpet sound. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, Give us enough time. We can justify anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back with Dan Barker. Oh, looking forward to that. Yes. Yes. Great interview. Stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. Great comfort, his big stumper was literally which came first, the chicken or the egg? A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said liberal arts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that they're not all science majors. (laughs) Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? A Canadian, a New Yorker, and a Southern Belle walked into a podcast, and all hell broke loose. Seriously, though, what happens when we three ladies get together? Well, definitely a lot of talking. And accents. Funny accents. Well, I don't have an accent, but my co-hosts sure do. We mix North, South, and the Great White North together for two hours of pure secular discussion. Nothing is off-limits. From goofy religions like Scientology, woo like ghost hunting and alternative medicine, to hardcore history, hermeneutics, sex, and science, we cover it all. What the heck is a hermeneutic? Well, it's not a guy named Herman who sings falsetto, that's for sure. Join Beth, Ashley, and myself, Deborah, every Monday night at 9.30pm Eastern, and we take you beyond the trailer park and bring the conversation to life. Join us live on YouTube and participate in the conversation via the Q&A system, or catch us later on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Nobex. Visit www.beyondthetrailerpark.com for links to the show and our upcoming schedule. Bring your wine and sweet tea and settle in for fun facts and free thinking. We happily wear the explicit tag, though, so make sure to wash out your mouth with something tasty before listening. That's live at 9.30pm Eastern on YouTube. Come give us a like and a share, no matter what type of accent you have. Hey guys, we have uh, the eminent uh, Dan Barker with us. Uh, he is the president of the FFRF. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Mr. Barker, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. Uh, you don't know us yet. I can wait till you actually know us a bit more until you say that. <laughs> well, so far, so good. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. He's joining us from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. What are you doing in Chattanooga, sir? Well, the, Na- the Freedom from Religion Foundation is a national group in Madison, Wisconsin. That's where we are. Um, but we came down to Chattanooga this weekend to unveil the brand-new statue of Clarence Darrow on the courthouse grounds in Dayton, Tennessee, which was the site of the famous 1925 Scopes trial, the monkey trial. trial. They've had a statue of William Jennings Bryan there for many years, and now, as of yesterday, they have a statue of Clarence Darrow, the the internationally renowned sculptor Zenas Frudakis, created the statue. We paid for it. We raised the money and paid for it and had it installed. And we gave it as a gift to the 
to the county, Ray County, in the, you know, Dayton, Tennessee. And there was controversy. A lot of people in town loved the statue, and a lot of people in town hate it. A lot of these fundamentalists down there are really mad that we're putting a statue of great agnostic on the courthouse grounds. But in general, it balances it. It Andy does. Lori spoke yesterday and said that this is the missing link at the courthouse. Statue. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it really is an exciting time. There's been national news, the New York Times, and a lot of TV stations, and a whole bunch of papers. You should look it up. Definitely. Tennessee and there's pictures and I played a bunch of music from the 1920s and um, and then the one of the papers I think the New York Times quoted me saying both Clarence Darrow and William Jennings Bryan during the hot summer of 1925 they would have appreciated the evolution of air conditioning (laughs) (laughs) I want to see a video of Dan Barker doing the Charleston in front of that statue (laughs) well the Charleston is perfect because the Charleston actually came out in 1925 that was the year so it was a perfect song perfect time Uh, Mr. Barker you're very well known of course in in the United States up north here north of the 49th you might not be as well known so for some of our listeners would you be so kind to give us a brief introduction as to who you are. Well, I was uh, a Christian minister, and I preached for 19 years, raised in a Christian family, evangelical, Bible-believing, fundamentalist, soul-winning, into-the-world Jesus Christian, you know. Uh, you would not have liked me very much back then. <laughs> um, and my wife, Annie Laurie, who's a lifelong third-generation atheist, she says, I would not have liked you either. I'm so glad you changed. <laughs> but, uh, I was a Christian missionary, a cross-country evangelist. I was uh, um, a songwriter. I'm still getting royalties today from some of those Christian songs, which is fun. And then I changed my mind, and I tell the story of how I changed and why I changed um, for the better in my book, Godless, How an Evangelical Preacher Became One of America's Leading Atheists. Mm-hmm. And then just a few months after I left the ministry and sent out a letter to everybody, I was on Oprah Winfrey's show in Chicago, and I met Annie Laurie Gaylor. I, for the first time, I knowingly met some other atheists on that show. And about three years later, uh, we got married, and then I started working for the foundation in, the, in 1987. In 2004, I became co-president with Annie Laurie Gaylor, and um, we, we expanded our headquarters. We have now nine full-time attorneys plus a big intern staff, and we work to keep religion and government separate, and we also work to educate the public about the views of us non-believers, whatever we call ourselves, atheist, agnostic, secular humanist, uh, igtheist, or skeptic, or whatever, none of the above. We don't care what we call ourselves. Our, our joke is that, that we don't care what we call ourselves. We all disbelieve in the same God. So, <laughs> so uh, and it's, it's been the ride of a lifetime. I tell you, it's really a blast. Well, this, this Clarence Darrell thing, I mean, who would have thought we could pull off something like this? So yeah, um, fantastic. we're on national news. We have a national newspaper. We publish books. I do a lot of debates. I'll be doing my 126th public formal debate in a couple of months. Oh, exciting. Uh, in um, North Carolina at a evangelical seminary of all places. So uh, uh, we're, we're trying to fight the good fight to bring reason and kindness to a very troubled world. Well, you're doing an excellent job. So you might not recall, you and I met very briefly at Imaginal Religion in Kamloops uh, several years ago, and you were nothing oh, but a gentleman. That's right. You were there. How could I forget you? <laughs> 
<laughs> of all the people he meets, right? <laughs> uh, also, uh, Mr. Barker is also probably one of my favorite quotes. He says, uh, which of course is, "If there is no God," is akin to saying, uh, "If there is no God, who's uh, if there is uh, no master, whose slave shall I be?" I'm paraphrasing here, but it's a fantastic yeah. line that I love to use against the Christians. Um, sir, you, you of course you talk about the statue you just uh, unveiled in uh, in Tennessee there, but uh, you guys are in the forefront of several different battles. Uh, which of those are more prominent right now? Well, it's always changing. It's like kind of bubbling. It's it's kind of like a whack-a-mole, you know. You hit one, and then the other one pops back. Up. Um, we, um, of course, we make um, thousands of complaints every year. We get four to five thousand complaints that come into our office from people like you around the country, around the continent, and um, we try to act on everyone. And we send out more than a thousand formal letters, first letters, and then a lot of follow-ups to high schools and city mayors and county executives and presidents and governors. So uh, those letters alone, without going to court, have been effective. About 20% of those letters result in a victory where they stop violating state church separation. But in addition to that, we also are, we, we take litigation. We have about 12 to 15 cases at any one time from uh, challenging um, an elementary school that's having Bible classes to the kids, to a Ten Commandments monument on a high school property, to uh, a city having having prayer before they open the city council, mm-hmm. to a school board, uh, you name it. There's all these issues. Uh, Mississippi High School that uh, starts the football games with prayers over the loudspeakers, you know, and uh, all these crazy things that are going on. And we also sue at a higher level. We sue. We're suing the government. Um, you know, we sued um, Bush and we sued Obama over a number of things. And we're suing um, Trump when Trump signed his executive order on May the fourth uh, to uh, s- supposedly allow churches to do politicking. We filed a lawsuit that very day challenging that executive order that he signed because churches can get away with politicking, but we can't. We're we're nonprofits too. Yes. I'm suing suing the um, chaplain of the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, Father Patrick Conroy, because although he allows all sorts of other people to come in and be a guest chaplain to open Congress with a prayer, he has disallowed me. My representative, Mark Pocan, asked him, please, can I have Dan Barker come in? He said no, because he doesn't believe in a higher power. So we we think that's violating the Constitution. A, A government actor cannot use religion as a basis for a public act, mm-hmm. so I'm suing him. We're suing the IRS over um, the housing allowance, mm-hmm. which allows ministers and clergy and priests and rabbis to exclude their housing expenses from reportable income, which that's lowers ridiculous. their taxes. And we don't get to do that, so that's one of our big lawsuits uh, that's in court now. We should be we should be getting a decision any day now. So you can find out more. There's a lot more cases we're doing uh, at our website at ffrf.org. Yes, it's a fantastic website too. So you guys all obviously have your thumb on the pulse of the the nation uh, when it comes to atheism. So if I ask you, I mean, it's for us outside of the country. It sometimes it's hard to judge what actually goes on. So what is exactly the status of the the fight or or the status of atheism in the U.S.? Well, of course, atheism is um, a non philosophy, if you will. Yeah, it's hard to sort of categorize it. If you look at the number of people who actually use the word atheist, who say, I am an atheist, um, 
which of course is a subset of all atheists because a lot uh, atheist is someone who doesn't believe in a god for whatever reason mm -hmm. uh, the people who will tell pollsters it's around five or six percent right now which is pretty amazing because uh, back in the 50s it was like one or two percent who oh, would wow. say that right and by comparison Jews in the United States are about one and a half percent they are a respected minority at one and a half percent so we're way more than that of people who just name themselves atheists however the polls all show that people who don't believe in a god who are atheist agnostic secular non-believers or none is much higher than that it's, it's way over ten percent and right now the polls are all showing that people who are non-religious are about twenty five percent or more wow of people who have no religion at all that's huge well, it is huge, but not compared to Canada. No, I mean, no, you know, not compared to to England and Europe. I mean, it's huge compared to what it was around. And if the if you look at just the younger generation, the thirty years and younger, the millennials and the Generation Z, whatever they're called, uh, it's about one third of them who are non-religious. Yeah. Thank so, you, Internet. <laughs> and just to be clear, the word non-religious doesn't mean they're all atheists. It means some some of the non-religious would call themselves spiritual or believers in something. They're just not religious. Mm -hmm. So true, truly secular atheist agnostics are about half of that, roughly. So, uh, which, is, which is pretty amazing when you think about what it used to be. And yet, why are we ignored? Why is the media, why are the politicians not considering exactly. our opinions and our voting habits? They're always going to the religious right. We think there's a big shift that's happening, and pretty soon we can't be ignored. Yes, exactly. I've always said that myself. I mean, if you take, for example, in the States, I think the Jewish population is, what, 10%, not even? And they have a huge lobby. Why wouldn't the non-believers not have the same kind of power politically? Absolutely. Well, Jew the Jewish population is less than 2%. Actually. Oh, my God. I was way out there with that number. So, And they have a huge lobby, and they have a lot of yeah. political pressure and, and, and opinions. Uh Sir, is there is is there any chance that we could see something like the FFRF in Canada? Well, yeah, uh, Canada has some groups. There's this Center for Inquiry has a lot of groups around Canada. I've spoken on some campuses in Canada, mm -hmm. in Calgary, and other places where there are organized student groups. Um, there is no FFRF chapter because primarily here our organization works on the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, especially mm -hmm. the Establishment Clause in our yeah. First Amendment. So, and Canada has a different setup in the Constitution with yes. religious freedom. Is it called a Charter of Rights or, or something? Yeah. Um, so there could be something set up that parallels FFRF. Uh, and all it takes is for somebody like, somebody named Kevin, for example, to, <laughs> to get it going, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, Kevin, get on. You overestimate. I think the, the closest we have in, in our province is BC Humanists because they, they do their best to um, br bring about education and change in, in any, in, in any um, public schools or any events or organizations that trod on uh, the separation of, of church and state. But we don't have an actual no. separation of church and state written into the Charter of Rights. No, no, but the, the Supreme Court but, did rule yeah. that Canada was supposed to rule as a secular country. But right. I think we do need something like the FFRF to take up these little battles. I mean, we don't have huge battles like they have in the States, yeah. but there are always these little battles of... 
Bibles in school and stuff like that. And you need to have an official organization that says, you know, hey, we got lawyers here saying you can't do that. Well, I think well actually, actually, you don't. You can, you can do it as an individual. Absolutely. You can make a complaint. You can, uh, you know, if you're a parent of a student in the schools, you can make your complaint and find an attorney. You can do it yourself, actually. But it's nice to have an organized group with some history mm. uh, and some skills in that to, to back you up. Yeah, the experience to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, so going back to the U.S. there, um, it, it seems to me from a Canadian that um, Mr. Trump seems to be trying to move on to uh, remove the Johnson Amendment. Uh, could you briefly explain to maybe some of our Canadian audience what the Johnson Amendment is and what that move, what he's trying to do with this? Yeah, and so that kind of touches on the lawsuit that I mentioned earlier. Um, in the 1950s, the Johnson Amendment was a, um, a, a statute in our, in our code, especially with the IRS code, that prohibits any nonprofit organization from doing political electioneering type of activities. So that includes us, FFRF. The Freedom from Religion Foundation is a nonprofit, and under the IRS code, that's called Section 501c3. Mm-hmm. So that's the American Red Cross, that's the soup kitchens, that's any kind of a charity uh, or or an arts charity like a museum or a educational charity uh, or um, um, you know other types of charities, um, science. Uh, you, if you give money to these groups, then you can you can deduct that from your taxes, basically. You're tax-exempt. So any group in the country, and churches are charities. Churches are also 501c3. They fall under that category. So all 501c3s under the Johnson Amendment, in order to, this bargain we strike, in order to be tax-exempt, we agree that we will not be doing any political activity. That would be a 501c4. That would be a PAC. That would be a you know political. And if you give a donation to a political candidate, you don't get to deduct that mm-hmm. from your taxes. Mm-hmm. That's just money that you're giving to the candidate. So um, the Johnson Amendment was passed to make sure that none of us, including churches, do any political. You can't get up in the pulpit and say, vote for this candidate or don't vote for that candidate. Uh, so the religious right has hated that because there's a lot of pastors and priests who do want to use their authority to influence elections, and they're not supposed to do that. So um, a lot of them want to repeal the Johnson Amendment, but only for churches. Mm-hmm. They want churches to get a special break. So that's why we sued Trump when he wrote this. He, Trump said he was going to repeal the Johnson Amendment. Well, he can't. The president cannot repeal legislation. Oh, Congress has to do that. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know that, but uh, so he did this end run. He wrote an executive order on the National Day of Prayer instructing the IRS to simply ignore it when churches are breaking the law. Hadn't they already been doing that, though? So he's telling the IRS, well, some of them have, yeah, some of them have been openly doing that, but the IRS is committed, at least up till now, to enforcing that, you know, to taking away their tax exemption. It wouldn't shut down the churches. It wouldn't stop them from speaking freely. It would just disallow a person deducting a donation to that church on their taxes. That's all that would happen. It would no longer be tax-free. Mm. Okay. So, um, so what Trump did with his executive order was like an end run around this. It's like telling, telling the IRS not to enforce the law. It's like telling a, a, a police officer on the highway, if you see somebody breaking the speed limit, 
if it's a church van, we'll just let them go. You know, <laughs> let them go ahead and do that. So um, now there is some legislation proposed to actually actually repeal the Johnson Amendment, in which case there's going to be a lot of lawsuits if that happens, including us, because it's not fair that they get to be tax-exempt and we don't. Organizations that are promoting God get this break, and those of us who challenge God don't. That's unfair in the United States. Hmm. Okay. So, so it seems to me that, uh, of course, you guys have Congress, which seems to be doing the bidding of Trump. I mean, how, how confident are you that Congress will stop uh, Donald Trump from trying to erase that? Well, right now, with our Republican-led, which means primarily religious right-led Congress, uh, they're they're going to want to try to give him whatever he wants. So uh, if this passes, um, and, it, and of course there's no guarantee, Trump is having trouble right now with his own Republican Congress on, on the health care bill, yeah. for example, and other issues. But if it happens, then it's going to go to the courts. So that's why we have a, a three a three system, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. we have the executive, legislative, and judicial. And we will jump into it, of course, right away. It, it, it's just a matter of fairness, basically. So... And besides, what would happen then is that churches would become the equivalent of political PACs. Yes. People could donate money to churches that's tax-free, and then they could use that to influence elections. Whereas people who donate to our group, uh, including a lot of listeners to your podcast who just learned about us and who are going to make a big donation, thank you very much, <laughs> uh, anyone who becomes a member of our group, doesn't get to do that. So, and in fact, our members don't want to do that. They don't want to join our group so that we can have polit- political. They they join our group because of our actual purpose mm-hmm. to keep state and church separate, not to tell them who they should vote for, like they're a bunch of sheep. And a lot of pastors and priests think that their congregation are sheep. They can get up in the pulpit and tell them, "Here's how you should vote." Mm-hmm. So we don't even want to do that, but it's still unfair. We we could make the argument that if we did, we would lose our tax exemption, but churches don't. So that's not fair. No, that's well, not fair it seems as though the FFRF and the ACLU are on the forefront of um, of, of main, not maintaining but protecting protecting our our rights. Do you? ever um, sue jointly or are you just always in, independent but on the on the forefront of, of protecting rights? Yeah, we do so, sue jointly and we've had a number of cases where we have sued as the ACLU. Um, the ACLU, of course, is much broader with, with civil liberties and they do have um, a, a state church component and in many states, many of the state ACLUs, we, ha- we work with them and sometimes we have to because we want their attorneys and uh, or they want our attorneys you know we can you know it's, it's a really a nice camaraderie there that goes on it is i mean the two very powerful very powerful groups that are uh you know at, on the forefront thank they, goodness they treat attorney like trading cards you know yeah <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give you one of those for two of these <laughs> well yeah but it, it's it's kind of a small club and the attorneys all admire each other and we all and we file joint amicus briefs a lot in this floor in this case in uh, north carolina that the, the Appeals court just judged that a um, um, city prayer, or county prayer, was unconstitutional. We all worked together on that, and let's not forget Americans United for the separation of church and state. They're also on the forefront. And uh, uh, two or three years ago, we filed our first um, joint lawsuit with all three of us. Oh wow! The, in Ohio, the ACLU of Ohio, uh, Americans United, and the Freedom from Religion Foundation, we all three sued. 
a, um, a high school that had a Jesus painting, and that was a slam dunk. That was really fun. So, um, so yeah, and then there's conferences where we all get together and talk. And it's not like a religion that we're competitors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people join all those groups. You don't have to join just one group. People... Members want to get the literature from ACLU and Americans United and Center for Inquiry and American Humanists are also doing legal work mm-hmm. and uh, American Atheists have a legal department. So there's a bunch of a bunch of us around the country that are in this fight together. Mm. And, and then you then you have the Satanic Temple, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is they're doing some they're doing some great they're doing some great work. Work in parallel, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, well, they, yeah. In fact. Uh, we always thought of that as a plan B, but sometimes the plan B is more effective than the plan A. So they, uh, and we have worked with them. And, and, this, and for some of your listeners who may not know, the Satanic Temple doesn't believe in Satan. It's just a name. They're, they're mostly atheists and agnostics. Yeah. But they're using the group to scare like schools that have the Bible come in, and they say, yeah. well, we want our literature too, <laughs> the Satanic Temple. And that scares them to death. They don't want their kids exposed to Satanic literature. <laughs> so it's... Uh, it's a free country, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Satanic Temple doesn't have to actually believe in a literal Satan to call themselves that. Yeah, fantastic. Very good. So, um, you know, sometimes sometimes I, I look at the United States and I, I tell myself, wow, these guys are like two steps away from becoming a theocracy. But overall, is Dan Barker positive about the future of the country, the future of the United States when it comes to matters of religion? I think uh, the real battle is being won in the social sphere it's 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 look at gay rights for example mm-hmm. that battle has been won because of social acceptance you know in the tv and in the movies and then you know people that you know and most people who changed their minds about gay rights there's been some surveys said that the reason they changed their mind was because they know someone who's gay a relative or a friend and once you know somebody and you, you humanize it as not just some abstract issue, then you you tend to soften your views. And so when it comes to non-religion, the more we come out of the closet, the more we are visible, the more people who see our ad with Ron Reagan, for example, mm. saying that he's not afraid of burning in hell, uh, <laughs> the more of that that we see, then the, the more the culture and the society changes and, of course, the courts are sensitive to that. The courts realize, yeah, things are changing and improving. So there might be a bunch of old white guys in the court that are never going to change their mind. But in the future, I think, what's, I think what happened in Europe, and by extension in Canada, I think it's starting to happen in our country now today. We're seeing the demographic shift. We're seeing that the religious right, they're fierce. Mm-hmm. But they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and they're getting angrier and angrier because they're losing all their battles. Mm-hmm. They lost the battle. They lost women's right to vote. They lost the birth control battle. They lost the abortion battle. They lost the prayer in the school battle. They lost the battle about creationism in the schools. They lost the battle about gay marriage. They they lose and lose and lose and lose. And in the big picture, that shift is happening. So that's encouraging. In the meantime, in the short picture. It's kind of like if you invest in the stock market, you're really, you're really panicked when there's a dip. But in the big picture, if you look at it over history, you see the, the curve going up. Mm. So I think that's what we're seeing in the United States. The religious right is really mad, and they can do a lot of damage in the short run, and they will, and there will be some setbacks. 
But I guess I'm an optimist. I think the more we keep fighting and changing public opinion, the, the better future we're going to see in the long run. That's a fantastic way to, to, to look at it. Mr. Barker, thank you so much for joining us today, unless you guys have another, one last question for Mr. Barker. No, we're, we're just good? so pleased that you that you came and gave us a really full Absolutely. view of the the battles that you're fighting, the successes, and and thanks for the optimism that that helps. It helps. If somebody wants to find out more about Dan Barker and the FFRF, where can they go, sir? Well, okay, so that's two questions. Uh, Dan Barker, <laughs> you can read some of my books. I mentioned Godless. Absolutely. Uh, my book, my book last year that I co-wrote with uh, Richard Dawkins is called God, the Most Unpleasant Character in All Fiction. Mm. Uh, the book before that was called Life Driven Purpose, How an Atheist Finds Meaning. And I have a new book coming out next year about free will. Oh, cool. uh, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, you can find uh, on our website, of course, or just look up Freedom from Religion Foundation. We're at FFRF.org. Fantastic. Mr. Barker, one last thing before I let you go. Can I have you say, hi, this is Dan Barker of the FFRF, and I took a left at the valley. Hi, this is Dan Barker of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Dan Barker. Oh, what, what a great guy. guest. Yeah, yes. what a great guest. He was great, absolutely. And I, I just love the work that he's doing out there, and uh, I, I sure hope that we could find some way to one day have a, a bit of a Canadian FFRF. That'd be great. Yeah, I didn't realize they had uh, uh, that large a staff, and that well, I knew they were um, covering you know a lot of different issues, but they are really on the ball. And I think I think you know through an organization like that that does both the um, the uh, uh, legal and the educational arms, I think that's that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And if any group is going to help get atheists a little more respect and a little more acceptance i think they're the ones yeah and uh, feel free oh, my god i recommend to the listeners or go secular ahead and general. donate to the ffrf they do fantastic work absolutely well thank you so much for joining us on the show today yeah it's a fun show it's always it was a fun, fun show right it was fun you can always follow us at leftatthevalley.com. You can send us an email at leftatvalley@outlook.com. Send your complaints at Nancy, third floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Coming up next week, we'll have... Where, oh, geez, where's my thing? Richard <laughs> Carrier. Oh. Historian Richard Carrier. Oh, I can't wait to tackle that. Yeah, he's a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. To say the least. To say the least. Uh, on the 20th, we'll have a show called Has Feminism Gone Too Far? Mm. We have a guest coming on and saying, yes, it has. And it'll be interesting to see his point of view. That's, be a very real, that's a controversial topic right there. Our friend, Randy Tyson, his wife... Mm -hmm. is going to come on the show because she's going to talk about her experience of being a nurse in Ghana. Oh, wow. Oh. An atheist nurse in Ghana. So that should be fun. Yeah. On the 12th, we'll have, uh, I'm a transgendered woman. We'll have uh, Melissa come in and uh, talk about her experiences. And we'll have on the 19th, Karen Garst, an author who talks about women uh, outside of faith. And she's had a book to, to promote, so that should be fun. And of course, we'll have Del Ray coming in September. We'll talk to us about recovery from religion. Oh man, what Excellent. a dynamite what a lineup. lineup! Absolutely, and we also have a, a friend of Daryl that will come on the show as well. Remember when we talked last week about this baby that was uh, an unassigned gender? Mm -hmm. We'll have a person come in and talk to us about gender assignment. Oh, excellent! Wow. I'll be in an interesting show as well. It is perfect. Excellent. 
Anything else you guys want to talk about? Are we done? No, you just covered everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm glad you did hit on the uh, send your complaints to Nancy at third floor. Because, <laughs> no, that's, that's important. <laughs> thank you, guys. Until next time.